What's up, basketball fans? My name is Jason Martin, here with my boy Andy Cordell, and this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. Welcome back to 808s and Fast Breaks. My name is Jason Amar, and I'm here with my good friend, Andy Cordell. And today, we got a big one. We're talking two of, I think, the most polarizing, the best-selling, the most talked-about artists in hip-hop ever, I'm going to say. I'm not even going to do of the last 10 years, because these artists warrant ever. Today, we are going to be talking... Drake and Kendrick Lamar. Um, for those who, who don't already know, I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis into their musical careers, uh, how they got their start, their projects that we'll be covering. Uh, and then me and Andy will, will talk through it, kind of debrief um, on a number of criteria um, how well they dominated their era, the relevance of their projects over time, their growth as an artist, how how much we can bump their music, um, yep. their accolades, all different kinds of stuff. Um, but but let's just get right into it. Anything you want to say? But before I get us kicked off here, Mr. Cordell. No, no I'm <laughs> I'm good. Let's do it, man. Uh, I'm gonna start with Kendrick Lamar. Let's let's travel back in time to you know the late 2000s around 2008 2009 where there was a young man in los angeles california who went by the name of k dot and at that point you know he'd put out a couple of mixtapes he'd seen minimal success he secured a recording contract <clears throat> with at the what at the time was a really small indie record label named named uh top dog entertainment small family business and uh it wasn't until kendrick actually uh received a co-sign from low wayne and released his third mixtape uh titled c4 which was largely inspired by low wayne's carter the carter three uh, um that he was kind of launched into into kind of the the hip-hop world where everyone knew him and and he was seen as this protege not just because of that Lil Wayne cosign, but because Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and others in Legends of the West Coast rap scene kind of anointed him as the next, the next one um, for LA rap and kind of West Coast gangster rap as a genre. Um, which, if you don't know, is that and that and East like New York boom bop kind of hip hop are are the two biggest styles ever in in modern hip-hop i would say i don't know you can correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like those are the kind of the core of what created a lot of what we have today right i think like the dynamic was almost like a rivalry the history of hip-hop always being it was oh there's the east coast but then cali and the west coast have their own thing too and then it kind of trickled down as well but like it kind of started from there because a lot of people For got sure. their influences from the south from either the east or the west as well Makes sense. But yeah, um, from there, you know, Kendrick put out a couple mixtapes, Overly Dedicated, and then his first, uh, technically his first debut album was, was Section 80. Um, 
which received critical acclaim. Me and you obviously have a very close relationship to that album, Andy, listening to it in high school. Um, but didn't see a lot of commercial success until Good Kid, Mad City uh, in t- 2012. And that's really the one where you know you had songs like bitch don't come my vibe money trees poetic justice um I don't know, much much more um mad city itself right the the title track um that just became huge parts of i guess like our adolescent lives you know you couldn't go to any party without hearing any of those songs or um be kind of even riding in someone's car the radio you know those songs were everywhere kendrick was featured everywhere um he was even robbed of a grammy by a white boy with slicked hair (laughs) from washington in macklemore um but even still he kind of set the tone that he was going to be a generation defining rapper with social commentary with what he was able um to create in a piece of art, Good Kid, Mad City, and only took it further with To Pimp a Butterfly a few years later. Um, that was largely seen as, you know, one of the greatest rap albums in history from a production standpoint, from a social commentary standpoint, kind of taking it back to the roots of like what you mentioned earlier, the, some of those greats and that rivalry and that West Coast, East Coast thing, and like some of the stuff that they're talking about in terms of magnitude, right? Police brutality, um, different kind of where different cultures come from, right. And how they're created and how they have to coexist. Um, So again, setting himself up to be a culture defining rapper. And again, set taking time between his releases, two more releases uh, to bring us up to current date. We had damn in 2017 and the latest Mr. Morale and the big steppers in 2022. So a large catalog from, from Kendrick Lamar to discuss today, um, but just wanted to kind of give that rundown. And quickly, uh, I'll move to Drake because he's got a long, long career. Um, similar similar to, to Kendrick, um, but even more so, more heavily involved, Lil Wayne was a, a big impact on Drake and how he got his start. Um, if you don't remember, those of us maybe who watched a little bit of Degrassi when we were younger, no, no Drake as uh, Jimmy in the wheelchair, an actor <laughs> uh, from a Canadian TV show before he <laughs> ever saw hip hop fame. Uh, but it was in uh, 2009, he released the So Far Gone mixtape. Um, and that really launched him, you know, that later he, he was able to work with the young, the young money, cash money label, achieve relationships with Lil Wayne and Birdman. Uh, and a lot of other just huge contemporaries of that time uh, released Thank Me Later and Take Care, which I think are some of his seminal works. Uh, Take Care really cementing himself as someone who is kind of on like the softer side of of hip hop and really taking after Kanye's 808s and heartbreaks and being vulnerable and, and talking about love and romance and failed romance and all this stuff, but in a very still, you know, pseudo macho macho you know hip-hop setting um and from there he i think drake became the king of commercial success um he he figured out he yeah he he figured out um what he was fairly good at he knew his shortcomings but he also i think grew to have you know with his success and ability and money and all this stuff right he was able to to travel around and 
and meet so many different people and create so many different types of projects. Um, the way well, you have nothing was the same in 2013. Um, then, you know, he kind of went on his, he went away from kind of his like soft boy Drake thing. You know, that was kind of the meme, like sad boy Drake. And he made, you know, if you're reading this, it's too late. That was, you know, a lot more classic, harder hip hop. Um, what a time to be alive, right? Like more trap beats with future. Um, and then kind of went back to his, I think like what we know Drake as with, with views and more life across 2016 and 2017. And at this point, you know, hearing about a Drake release, right. Was probably one of the biggest things that could happen in music. You know, really like I, I, I don't want to, Beat a, uh, beat a dead horse, or I guess, as I learned, is the new saying, uh, f I don't want to feed a fed horse. <laughs> You're not supposed to use uh, any animal brutality in the sayings. <laughs> uh, so not, not to feed a fed horse, but, uh, you know, he, he really became the king of commercial success around that time. You couldn't, you, you, even if you didn't like Drake's music, you knew about the release, you listened to the songs, you, you knew about it, you know? Um, and it, that just continued, you know, he cemented himself in, in pop culture uh, as someone, you know, always close, closely related with professional athletes and sports and ambassador that are Toronto Raptors, all while releasing countless mixtapes and albums. Um, the only which we really won't be including in this discussion is a uh, care package from 2019, which was really just a collection of, of loose tracks and throwaways from, or that I guess leaks from, from previous years. But you know, we'll be discussing everything I mentioned so far, uh, Scorpion, Dark Lane Demo Tape, Certified Lover Boy, and honestly, never mind his latest release. Um, I bring them all up now also just because we're not going to go album by album with these two artists. It's, it's too much, too much music to do. Um, we did listen to every song, if I'm not mistaken. I, I listened to basically every single song that these artists have made in the last seven days. I know you have as well, Andy. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to take a sip of water. Uh, so I just talked a lot yeah. <laughs> uh, very yeah. quickly and let you kind of take it from here. And I'll just ask, what is your relationship with these two artists? You can start with either one. Um, and let's just talk about what it was like to listen to their music over the last week. Um, damn. Well, I guess like, I guess we can start with Drake. Uh, Young Money was such a huge thing at the time, like 09, the come-ups, early 2010s, you know, all-time high, like, you couldn't stop hearing Lollipop out of the radio, you know, <laughs> like, those were, like, the times, right? And then you kind of see this young and upcoming rapper, he's light-skinned, completely different market of what they're trying to sell in terms of an artist, you know what I mean? Like, Young Money's always been ripping hard, you know, drugs, like, gangbanging. It's like being a gangster, being hard. Then you got Aubrey, who comes out of nowhere, and he he sings love songs. And corny. But he's kind of a hard rapper, like find too. your love, corny. Yeah. But, which, I, which, by the way, was produced by Kanye. Um, Love that song. I, yeah, you can tell. Right. And <laughs> I I genuinely liked Drake. I liked Drake because I thought it was like 
it was softer. It was stuff that I could maybe relate to a little bit more on some level, right? And that's, that's a, where... That's a really good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's for, like... An, for, an, people who were, for people who were like 12, 13, around this time frame, discovering his music, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're listening, you know, like you say, listening to Lil Wayne, listening to people like talk about shooting people and... Drugs. Sipping lean. But you're yeah. banging to it, like, because that's what you like right now. So it's right. like, yeah, I'll let you kind of go on. I don't want to interrupt, but... Oh, now that you said it... It's interesting to look back on. I did have another thought, too. It's like, um... Like, when you go back into your memory as, like, a child and you think, like, do you remember, like, there were so many songs that you knew the words to? Like, do you remember a time where, like, when you were a young, probably middle school, going into high school, like, you knew the words to every single song, you know, that you had, right? When I was young, The whole Z100 mix. Z100, 107.5, which was originally like 97.5. All that, I'd be singing words and phrases and things that I didn't understand conceptually. For sure. And there was like a time when I really could actually understand a hip-hop artist talking and just rapping. Like I could fully grasp what was given to me on my plate right i didn't have to look anything up it's just that's what drake was it was like watered down hip-hop but in a pleasable way and i think he's grown into that world commercially because he presents himself so well and he's adapted with the times that's that's all i have to really say about drake as we kind of break down his projects but I, i guess we just start there yeah, no, I think like <clears throat> you saying this, I think you said two really key things in there that are going to be like, I don't think you, you knew I was going to say this at all or anything, right? But those are like two big things that I'm going to like keep hammering home about Drake throughout mm-hmm. this whole next like hour and a half that we're talking <laughs> is watered down hip hop. That's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but that's kind of, that's a fact, right? It's kind of what he makes right and then adapting his his sound over time right again not good or bad i'm not saying either thing yet right but that i think those two points like that is drake in a nutshell and that led that literally lead to commercial success in the world that we live in one thing i want to touch on with drake before i mention some figures here Um, Because I want to try and just get everything numbers-wise and what I have out before we get to a lot more of the opinion stuff. Um, Drake is someone who I think when we look back on music in, you know, 20, 30 years, whatever, you know, 50 years, 100 years, um, just think, like, how we look back on the Beatles when it's time to do that with Drake and stuff like that. Drake is going to be someone who is a defining person in the streaming era. I think he is like the defining artist. I read something um, while over the course of the last week, just while I was looking for Drake stuff, <laughs> uh, that I think it was in 2020, in the last couple of years, something like that. He has more streams on Spotify than every artist before 1980 combined. Like, he completely redefined 
what like listening to music on these streaming services and the types of numbers that you look for and what success looks like in this era, he's a model for it. So I, I I'm gonna trash his music later. So I just want to get all the good things out. Uh-huh. Soldier Boy 2.0. <laughs> Soldier Boy 2.0. Yeah. Right. Right. No. no. <clears throat> Not going that far. I know. I'm just saying, because like you know, Soldier Boy was one of the first ones to upload on LimeWire, and people are uploading. He was in the very early yeah. stages. And Drake. Yeah. In that in that way where they yeah. like they would both be units of the textbook, big big chapters of this era of music. Like oh, that's yeah. how I think. That that's is a great way to, to say it. At. We you should know, we should like, just teach a class. Why you want to write the book? <laughs> this would be great. This would be great. Char- char- teach it in college and charge kids two hundred bucks for the book and they don't even need to read it. Exactly. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be- <laughs> we'll be run- we'll be running to the bank. We're all good. <laughs> We're chilling. But but no nah, man, I I, I kind of want to flash forward because having already kind of done the synopsis of albums, I I want to talk a little bit about just kind of like the relevance of the projects because like we say the adaptability and how much like he sort of I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase it like this did was Drake really when he cre- had all these different sounds was he riding a wave or creating it um, I think that's like a really big question. Um, And I think early on, he was definitely creating a wave. Uh, When you look at Thank Me Later and Take Care and even Nothing Was was the Same, uh, good good parts of it, um, we've already touched on it, right? The the softer side of hip hop, but even even more so on the production, it leans into so much of what Kanye did with 808s and Heartbreaks, with those chopped up beats, um, I know you can touch on a lot more of this, but I think like nothing was the same in Take Care, especially the way they bring in different like conversations or even like interludes and and different things like that with the layering of of the different sounds and the production was really really unique at the time in that type of music. I think that's something you saw more in like classic R and B and soul more so than hip-hop and it's just something that really stood out to me i think that drake was the first person doing and now like you look at people like the weekend and um countless people like on that ovo label like division um party and, next door and, yeah party next door yeah um lots of artists even artists like like juice world and and like kid Leroy, like they they took a lot of those pieces um that Drake really started. Bryson Tiller. Oh my God. Bryson Tiller. Yeah. No, that's like all of those people, um, really rode that wave that Drake created. And I want to give him his his credit there because a lot of that music I think is still relevant and I think is still copycatted, um, by, by those different, um, R and B artists. So like, again, just want to kind of give him his flowers there. Um, but for me, like as, as we get into like 2015 past really past 2013 um a lot of the music it feels like he took two years away um and again the the sort of the albums i'm talking about now is like if you're reading this it's too late views more life right kind of this 2015 to 2017 stretch it feels like he 
I think he's a very self-aware person and he understands the level of success that he has. And I think he knew what he was on the precipice of being able to to, create from an empire standpoint. And I think Drake's creativity got really lazy. Um, Because I think he was more focused. I guess, let me say it like this. I think like my definition of like musical success is probably like as a fan of music, you know, like, what do I know? And compared to what Drake defines success in this business, right? Those are completely different definitions. Um, I think early on he started and like with take care nothing was the same. He made music that was general, like, you know, like critical to the sound of that generation. Um, and from then on, it feels like he, he had that sound, he had curated it and was like, I know I can elevate myself into an empire and have my own label and all this stuff. If I keep putting out things like this, I need it to be 15 to 20 tracks. I need it to be an hour and this long. We need to have this many tracks that have this sound, this many tracks that have this sort of sound. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not saying they all sound the same, but I feel like it's almost like the way um, like uh, movie writers or show writers go into a show, like a police procedural show, like that we all know what it's like, where it's like they're going to get a case every single episode, but they're also going to weave in some of the plot of the overall show at the end when they figure out who did it, and there'll be some character progression at the same time, and then we'll do it again in the next episode, but the case will be a little different and wacky. You know, like that's kind of like the vibe that I started to get from Drake. I was like, I've seen this episode already. So I don't want to, I'm not just going to keep going. Like, I don't want this to sound like I'm hating this whole episode. So I'm going to like kind of cut it there and let you reply to that. Right. What are your thoughts on that right. sort of take? Well, the first things first, um, my girlfriend loves those types of shows. She likes CSI and all I, that I type know, of I know. I like them. I'm, yeah, I like those shows. <laughs> it's just, it was just so funny because those are like her favorite shows. She loves that. Yeah, um, no, dude, I like shows like, like but, Dexter, like it was kind of like mm-hmm. that and stuff, but I got you. Uh, but I completely understand because from a skeletal standpoint, right, like a foundational standpoint, uh, it seems that and I kind of agree. I think 2015 and past to the future, 2015 was a really, really big moment um, for Drake. And I think he took a huge risk in dropping a project like this with no Which would be, if you're reading this, it's this too late. This is too late. Yes. Because, like, Drake had extreme commercial success. But there was singles. Do you remember 2014, 2015? Do you remember that whole he was beefing with Meek Mill, not really dropping albums, just doing a bunch Wait, of bullshit? Wait, he dropped all those singles. singles. They were fired. Do you remember it like back to back and right hand? And zero to a hundred. Zero fire. to hundred. Okay, so as you can see, during this time, there's a lot of fuel, right? But people had questions. Why are you dropping all these fucking diss songs? Where's a project? did not reply this is nothing he's gone ghost boom album out of nowhere 2015 wouldn't have been successful if he didn't have some of the artists on it i think this is where drake started taking other people's sounds and ideas and just more so collaborating 
instead of creating something. You feel me? Can, can I add something to that take? Because I completely agree. Can I yeah. add like one little piece to that? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think in the exact time frame that you're talking about, and I'll let you expand on this partnership, but mm-hmm. in the partnership of Drake and 40, you know, his producer oh, yeah. and longtime partner and collaborator, I think 2015 is the point where 40 became the more important person in that partnership. Ever, 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 at every point before that, every project before that, I think Drake was clearly the more important, from a musical and creativity standpoint, the more important person in that partnership. Ever since then, it, it's been 40 that has carried Drake, not the other way around. Mm, I... I tend to disagree on this. And this is coming from someone that, like, I'm not an engineer, guys, but I am a musical producer. I understand. But an artist makes or breaks everything that you work for. If Drake suddenly stops and loses his ability to be Drake, Noah will still have success somewhere else, but he would have lost his best outlet to show what he's great at. You know, like See, nobody's... but he doesn't do a lot of work with other artists. Like they're kind of like a package deal. They have been a package deal for over a decade. Well, that's but that's why I'm saying, like, if you look at Noah, <laughs> there's no other way to prove his work unless it's through Drake. Yeah. So let me let me let me like kind of clarify what I'm saying. I guess maybe I the reason, maybe I'm misunderstanding but yeah I, the reason I, I say he he became the more important person in that partnership is because 2015 is the point and correct me if I'm wrong but Noah 40 just for people who don't know Noah and 40 are the same person, same person and we're gonna kind of use that interchangeably yeah. Noah 40 Shabib I think is his last name if I'm saying that right right he's so cool um but uh like he's the ex- he's the executive producer on basically all of their projects right an engineer right yeah so from what we're talking about like from a skeletal standpoint and all of that stuff like i just i imagine that it's he not that it's a bad thing and i'm not trying to say like any of this is bad or right? i'm just trying to like insinuate and kind of see what, what what it is right i think 40 is probably has more of a hand in that curation not that drake isn't doing it Right. I think it's a collaboration, but I think as like the engineer and executive producer of a lot of that stuff, I think the reason those albums sound like they have the same kind of structure and they're trying to do the same sort of thing and whatever kind of you know, different sounds, but we're going to have this, you know, this many like this and this many like that and go shoot for this and this and that. I think a lot of it comes down to Noah and what mm. he likes to do and that they together have kind of fallen in a rut. Um, I think if Drake were to like expand and like just like go full Kanye, go to Hawaii, my beautiful dark twist of fantasy, and not not that he shouldn't you know not bring Noah, but let it be more of like a collaboration with many many people coming in, right, with various sounds to hone, not to put a lot of various sounds on the project, but to find the one sound that like really really sparks it. For him like i don't know maybe they're doing that but i don't feel it at all like it feels so calculated and manufactured every single sound that drake has done since 2015 and there's been a lot he he did the uk drill thing he did the caribbean style thing 
you know, the island rap thing. Jamaican you know, influence. He, the Toronto. Yeah, Jamaican influence. He did the he dance like, hall thing, and now he's doing this house thing. So, like, he's done a lot of it. So, why? Like, all I'm saying is, like, why are we both able to say that they all feel the same, they're manufactured the same way, if obviously the artist is doing different things and looking for different styles, like, I think that's, that is, like, the reason why I say, like, well, then 40 has to be the common denominator that's pushing this, like, kind of monotonous feel forward. Does that make sense? Like, I guess, am I framing that in a better way? Right, right. Yeah, I guess. Because I, because I agree with you. Like, obviously, there's no Drake. Like, there, obviously, it's not the... You know, Drake is what makes Drake go. Like, I'm not trying to say that there's no Drake career without 40. Like, that's stupid. I'm just saying, from a creativity standpoint alone, I think the reason it's gotten boring is because Noah leads a lot of that part of it now. Okay. Because, okay. Yeah. And maybe this is this is going to be a statement that I think applies past 2015 and forward. Um, is after that... I genuinely think in terms from an artistry standpoint he stopped really caring about creativity like yeah, you yeah. said but, yeah, and like he did. I want I want to emphasize this by saying if if you guys look at everything past 2015 and you'll be surprised by my rankings when we go over this about how my things have really changed up. I think what we have to come to realize is that Drake doesn't really care about music anymore. And you have to keep that in mind when you listen to his stuff because there's there's a divide in Drake fans because I think everybody at some point liked Drake's music. Yeah. But there was a I was a, I was a huge Drake fan. Yes, of course, because, dude, it was good shit, man. It was fresh. But what ended up happening was after 2015, because, like, dude, just, like, and, dude, we could even say that about Take Care, like, with taking a lot of the weekend songs and all of that bullshit that Drake did as well. But moving forward, like, if you look at, if you're reading this is too late, look who's on the track <coughs> listing. Two songs are basically Party Next Door songs. Preaching Wednesday night in a loop. They're, yeah, they're pretty well, dude. Song. Every single album is like that, dude. Yeah. And and like, yeah. okay, now I'm gonna sound like a hater because I don't really care right now. But like, this is like, and this is where I'll make the distinction. I think over time, since 2013, even, I've started like the reason I get so sour about Drake sometimes isn't because I don't like Drake, but I do really fucking hate Drake fans. Mm. You know what I mean? I understand. and I think I start to start to rope that together and like i don't just mean like if you like drake i hate you i'm not you know what i mean but if you're someone who's like nah drake's the number one artist out like nah drake you know drake 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 drizzy this drizzy that like oh like all this ovo shit and like you just can tell someone modeled their whole personality after drake and someone's like hey we just got instagram captions for the next year when drake drops an album like those people can fuck right off this <laughs> fucking planet like seriously yeah. dude like i don't know it's i i don't want to hate on what people like but that's just like i don't know from a from just like this is a music podcast right like 
I think those people don't know music either. And that's why they're into that sort of stuff. And that is why I bring up like, yes, Drake, will you exactly what you said? You with the nail right on the head. Drake doesn't care about music. He cares about being a mogul. Uh, being a business. Yeah. A, business. a mogul. He wants yeah. to be Jay-Z. He doesn't care about the music anymore. It's done. Exactly. You know, he's still going to make it, but it's, it's all Magna Carta Holy Grails from here. See, you know what I mean? And, and the reason why he wants to make it is because two things. Two things. One. Money. One, well, okay. One, right? He wants to be a mogul. Who does he like hanging out with the most? Other artists. Why does that work? Because, oh, Drake can go to strip clubs, throw hundreds of thousands of dollars away, and go to some artist's house. A make a collab project because someone's hot and boom he's hot again for the next six months because it's going to play it on the radio and yeah, Drake, dude because he's got it down to an equation dude. and no his team everyone's got it down to an equation it's unfair and, and like, that part of it i respect it like i so i respect their ability much. to like have their their pulse on what's going on and all this stuff and and create stuff that always goes number one like I, I respect it from a marketing standpoint, all this stuff. But from a musical standpoint, I just think it's all garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just, I, I, all, I, all I wish is that more people who love Drake could just admit that part of it. You know, and I'm not saying oh, that you suck and you don't have any music taste. If like, if honestly, never mind is your favorite album you've ever heard, like. That's just not for me. You know, it's just not my thing. It's not my thing. And to me, it's very emblematic of an artist who was once at their peak and is this is now what they make now. So it's mm -hmm. just, you know, it's tough. It's it's a tough position to be in for me. <laughs> uh, but, but let's get to the ranking because I don't want to sit here and just shit on Drake. I, I was talking to Alexa about that. I was like, I can't just sit here and, and hate on this, pot, like, on, on this artist who's a million times better at a lot of things than I ever will be. So I just, <laughs> you Bro, know what I mean? I, I don't want to sit I hate, here. And I hate to say it, but he's in the conversation for go. He will always be in the conversation. I, I'll just say it, like, cause of, cause of sales and accolades, yep. he yep. will always be. Always be. That's yeah. one thing you can never say about Drake. And I know there's a lot of Drake haters. I'm a Drake supporter and a fan. I'm not like super crazy over him, but I enjoy listening to his music a lot. Um, yeah. But like, don't get it twisted. He's not. <laughs> he's he's way above anything at this point. You know what I mean? Mogul status. He doesn't care about music. That's why I enjoy it when I listen to it. Cause I'm like, what is this motherfucker up to? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more I, about his life and just who he is as a person rather than his music. And you just kind of let the yeah. music follow. You know? For no, for sure. And I I, I think the other the other thing that like. And after I say this, we can get to our rankings. But um, the other part that's just started to, like, weird me out about Drake, and I would feel weird if I didn't bring this up, is just, like, how old he is now. And how, like, he his, I don't know, like, he's not old. You know, he's 36, right? But, like, he's 36. And, like, he's weird sometimes, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, see, I think everybody weird. gets weird as you continue to stay in the limelight. 
I think it's well, just... Well, no, dude. I don't mean that kind of weird. Oh. I mean, like, he's a creepy, bro. <laughs> Drake's a creepy dude. Really? You think so? Dude. Dude, there's a video of him kissing a 16-year-old girl on a stage. Ooh. <laughs> Like yeah, and, that's and not he, a smart and he move, was hit, Drake. And he was hitting on Millie Bobby Brown when she was like fifteen. Like he's he's done some sus things and that people push down and like forget about very quickly. Like because of his because of his success. And that little bit, I know it's not as bad, but that like little that like kind of gives me R. Kelly vibes. I don't think it's gonna go there, bro. I just said I didn't I didn't say it's that I don't want it no. to be that bad but it gives me the little inkling it gives me that same feeling you know it gives you know what I mean nah. Okay I'm just I I had to bring it up I had to bring it up But uh he is 36 years old and talks about how he can't find love like he's 14 so just saying Just saying I understand I understand <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'll let you uh i'll let you uh run through your ranking of drake's albums uh real quick and care package is the only one that we're not including right okay okay i'm just looking at this and then i'm looking at my kendrick one and i just i cannot wait to hear what what you think I hope you have like predictions too of like what you're thinking is like my top because I kind of have like an, a ballpark idea of where I think some of your some of your albums are. So for Drake, starting at number one, we go with "So Far Gone." Oh, I didn't I didn't include "So Far Gone" on mine. Then, then that's okay because it's number one. Everything else is in chronological order. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did okay. not in I didn't include okay. "So Far Gone." It was kind of hard to specify because, yes, it was. I didn't include What a Time to Be Alive either. I didn't. I didn't. Just okay, Drake's just making sure. It's just kind of funny because it, it was a mixtape, yeah, sure, but it got nominated for a fucking Grammy. You're going to tell me that's not part of his, like, discography? You know what I mean? So, anyway. No, I agree. I agree. I just didn't, I didn't think it was going to be part of this ranking. Okay, that's fair. But I will tell you all Drake fans, so far gone, my favorite all-time Drake project fire but um okay starting at number one for real though we got take care um number two nothing was the same three if you're reading this it's too late number four thank me later number five views number six dark lane demo tapes number seven honestly never mind number eight more life Number nine, certified lover boy. Oh, I'm I'm glad you had certified lover boy last because that is one of, that is like <laughs> that is like it's that is like a culture three level bad <laughs> album, dude. Like that is a bad. It's not, okay, bad. it's not that. No, bad, no. Let dude. me finish, dude. Let me finish. That is as a grab for streams as I have yes. ever seen an yes. album from a top yes. artist. Yes. That's what I mean by it being a culture but three. But that's why it's that so is, funny. Let me throw 25 of my tracks that I have at you that are as lovey-dovey and bullshit and TikTok-focused as possible. Have fun. 
See, that was what it works. was, bro. It works. See, so I'm gonna go. go I'm gonna go in it? chronological. I'm gonna go reverse order here. I have Certified okay. Lover Boy in the shitter at number ten. Okay. I have honestly never mind. Really, really close. Closely, I debated <laughs> whether that should be last. Uh, cause. I okay. Let me just preface this. I'm don't. I'm not an EDM guy. I don't like house music. So that I was love like that shit. That was like two of the, my least favorite things in music right now, combined in one. And let me figure out real quick which song it was. Um, hold on, one song. I had one song I liked on it. I liked Downhill. I liked Downhill. Um, I like that song too. But uh. No, I'm not a complete hater. I didn't, I, I, you know, I, I listened to it. I liked one song. Okay, but, tell me, though. Tell me, though. But hold on, hold on. Texco Green is, like, is that the one with the, the squeaking? That is, like, <laughs> dude, that, no, I'm not even exaggerating. That is the worst song Drake's ever made. Like the worst song he's ever made. I I had took my headphones out when I was listening to it. I took them out. I put them in the case. I looked over at Alexa. She was cooking something. And I was like, I'm going to put this on the home pod right now. Because you need to hear this fucking song. How bad this is. And we listened to it for like a minute. And she was laughing. (laughs) And I was like, and I have to listen to it. And I pulled my headphones out of the case. And I put them back on. And I sat here and I listened to the rest of that album. So that's number nine. Um, <laughs> number so eight. Funny. Number eight. Just because of its sheer length, like no one, no one needs to make a double side. No one never needed a double sided album from Drake. No one ever asked for it or needed it. Scorpion is number eight. Um, too many songs. Too many songs. Oh shit! That's hey, wait, a culture wait. three ass. Sorry album. to interrupt, but um actually i forgot there was 10 i forgot about scorpion it slipped my mind See, That's no how no you was. just proved my that no that proves my point perfectly yeah, fine the most is, for, it was just such a such a forgettable album that album uh is my last album like most i i can never really go back to that album. it's trash yeah, it's trash the fact that it's one of his most streamed like has some of the most sales is like depressing to me as as kind of a drake fan but uh Number seven, Dark Line Demo Tapes. That was my most, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised with that run through. I had, like, to, for the listeners, I had not listened to a Drake album, his last three that came out. Dark Line Demo Tapes, Certified Lover Boy, or Honestly Nevermind, because I had no desire to listen to it. That's how I've, I've evolved as a music listener. That's, that's all it is. Um, number six, if you're reading this, it's too late. Uh, not much to say on that one. Just felt like, I only liked a couple songs, honestly, even when I went back through it. Um, More Life is number five. Views is number four. Honestly, you could take um, albums four through ten and say that they were never created, and I would think Drake was a better artist. Like, he would would have more legend goat status to me if none of those albums were ever created and the only albums in his catalog were Thank Me Later, which I have number three. I have nothing was the same number two, and I have take care number one, and I would put so far gone uh, in there number three if it was it would be uh, sandwiched in between nothing was the same and thank me later if I was gonna put it in here, so that's it. Take care. I think we're gonna talk about Kendrick here shortly. 
I actually think Take Care, in my personal opinion, might be my favorite album of any album project that either of these artists have made. That's how high I would put Take Care. Bro, get the fuck out of here. What are no, you I'm not talking kidding. about, dude? I'm not kidding. I'm not saying it's like a better, like, oh, this is a more important album, but like my personal favorites, I would probably have to, I would actually probably have Take Care argue i don't know like i haven't thought about it i didn't try and rank them but i think there would be like an argument in my head about whether take care should be the first album i love that album let's do a lot when i was younger i love that album too bro section 80 yeah no dude it's dude it's the same relationship it's the same relationship to the album I don't have that really like I think Good Kid Mad City is like an incredible album, but I didn't have like that same relationship to it. It's it's the nostalgia thing, this, dude. This We've talked about this on previous episodes. I'm a Drake fan, bro. I'm still a Drake yeah. fan, bro. Well you must be a fake fan then, I guess. I'm a real fan. Yes, <laughs> 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 bro. I guess, bro. Take care over Good Kid Mad City. Yeah, bro. <laughs> no, bro, hey, Drizzy Drake. Drizzy Drake is the best artist ever. <laughs> Okay, okay. No, I respect it. I respect that. That's a hot take. You know, we gotta clip. I'm not saying it is number one. I'm saying in my head there would be an argument to be made, whether it would be Take Care, Section 80, Mr. Morale. I think those would all be in there. Okay, 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 okay. Good, good, good. I'm glad there was other projects in 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 contention. Um, Yeah, of course, of course. Um. Actually, do you know, upon listening, I'll get I'll get to it. I'll we'll yeah, get to yeah, it. I'm getting we'll ahead get of myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Ahead of myself. I'm sure I'm sure we're pretty antsy for switching the conversation a little bit. I'm yeah. Sure. Hey, we, we just did 45 minutes on Drake. So, yeah. You know, hey, do you think I came across as uh, too bitter? <laughs> no, no, no. Because, dude, let's be honest, though. Drake up to 2013 and even like 2014, 2015. Towards the end there. He was everything that we wanted as a rapper. So like, you know what I mean? Like, changing everything up. And then, I don't think I've ever seen somebody sell out harder. Uh, with that much power. And that, I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's why I understand better Drake fans. And I said, yeah. look, in the long run, just be happy that he's successful and he's rich. Yeah, hey. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be angry about anything. I'm just happy it happened. Yeah, the know, good parts. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah, not, exactly. That's what that's why I say like I don't I hadn't listened to a Drake album in the last few years. You know, like that's just because like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to it because one they're like 20 tracks long now. Right. <laughs> you know, they're long, 25 tracks, and just sit there and be upset. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. So I just uh, I just don't listen to Drake anymore. Right, I I completely you, respect that, dude. I completely respect that. You know, and he was like, I had the YMCMB shirt, bro. Lil Wayne and Drake, like I used to go on LilWayneHQ.com and read all the rumors about all these guys. Like, dude, I was a nerd for like Drake and shit in high school. That's why, I, like, I can say what I feel like I can say about Take Care kind of fairly in my own mind. It's a good fucking album. Don't get me wrong. It's a good I'm album. Just saying. I'm just saying. But, you know, with, with great power in terms of selling out, with, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think one artist who uh, has never sold out 
uh, would be uh, a man with many names. K-Dot, Kung Fu Kenny, Mr. Morale, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. None other. Let's, uh, let, let's start this discussion um, kind of with like, do you want to, I don't know. Do you want to go right into the ranking for Kendrick and just like go from there? Because we just well, did the Drake ranking. Quick, let's do the Kendrick real ranking. Real quick, real quick. Uh, you want to just go over just his discography accomplishments real quick? Yeah, that's a or, good idea. That's a good idea. Because I was just saying, like, we did talk about Drake being such a streamed artist, right? The face of the stream. I would at least yeah. want to give Kendrick his flowers right here. And let, uh, that's let's, fair. Because no, we're talking about some it. big names here, so I want I want people to know. That's, uh, yeah, that's fair. So I actually have it in front of me. Because um, I didn't mention it, too, for Drake. Overall sales for Drake, he has sold... 36.2 million albums over the course of his career but his number one album being views at 7.6 million and take care at number two is 7 million um i believe scorpion was number three around five point something million which is a bummer and a half but i think bummer. that goes goes to say what we just said about streaming um kendrick on the other hand uh has sold just under 10 million albums with damn being his best-selling album with four million sales uh, and Good Kid, Mad City coming just close behind it at number two with 3.5 million sales. Um, one thing I will note, though, is uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers uh, had the biggest uh, one week of streaming, you know, slash album sales, streaming album sales, same thing. Um, in 2022, it's had the biggest week for any hip hop artist, including Drake. Um, so just a comment on kind of where we're at now uh, in terms of numbers. Uh, that being Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, his latest release. But, yeah, you know, uh, I, I kind of ran through it earlier. But in terms of discography that we're going to cover, um, you know, we can briefly hit Overly Dedicated. But I didn't I, don't, I didn't really include that as part of it. Start, start with Section 80. Um, we'll breeze into Good Kid, Mad City to Pimp a Butterfly, which I'm going to kind of deem more of like his. Uh, he's like, always been about this, but I'm going to kind of deem that like the social commentary, social justice era. For Kendrick um, and then moving into damn and his latest project Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers where in between those we actually had a five-year hiatus um, so yeah like I, I just think it's it's a lot less music right I think it's a lot uh, you know a lot more time goes into it compared to, to Drake and what we were just talking about again I'm not saying this is good or bad I'm just kind of stating my feelings and what I feel is fact <laughs> um a lot more time goes into it there's like more con like a, uh, they're usually concept albums right there's a, a consistent theme motifs across all of it like uh, um on uh damn you know you always have the what happens on earth stays on earth line that kind of right. goes throughout it um on Good Kid, Mad City, there's kind of all of those. They're not even skits; they're just kind of little bits at the beginnings and ends of songs, right? Where you hear, um, like, the boys in the car going to the, like, they're about to go do a shooting, right? Or like, and you just kind of hear them doing what they're doing. It's like kind of sounds of the neighborhood all throughout uh, Good Kid, Mad City, um, and then to Pimp a Butterfly, you have kind of, I would, I don't know, I kind of view it as like a poem all throughout it, right? Where I, I'm blanking on the actual um, line in To Pimp a Butterfly. It was, it's like a... 
dude there are so many fucking lines on that there's album. so many but they there's like so they're many. all segmented throughout it and they all yeah. kind of come together you know um it's like I was sitting in the hotel room, right, or something like that. Oh, I know something what you're crazy. talking about. Where he was like, yeah. um, "What? What did he say?" What did Sometimes he say? I did. It's like a fart, heart full of resentment. Sometimes I did the same. The same. Like it's like you know, right. uh, yeah, all yeah. these like different what, what feel like one-off lines, but then you feel them all come together as the album goes on it's and on. what he's talking about. Um, right. And obviously, you know, he's he's talking about like the the black person's kind of history you know i guess black black people's history and how they've had to struggle throughout their existence and even the kind of the counterpoint of that and the the kind of what the actual roots are in africa right right and these different kings and and cultures so yeah especially cool dude i i I feel like i learn a lot listening to kendrick shit dude bro, (laughs) bro well i think what kendrick enlightens people on is like sometimes i think it's really really hard to like when you become famous or you become a mogul like by association it's like you represent the people that you look like you represent a culture that from where you're from you know i don't know an artist on top of my head that makes that so apparent than kendrick where i am completely immersed in a place i have never been in before no relation right like i don't understand what it's like to be black in america or to grow up in poverty or to be dealing with social justice issues on that type of scale yeah so can i ask you a question because this is one of like the um bullet points i wrote down i want to mm -hmm. talk about the two artists but you're kind of already talking about it it sounds like like ken kendrick would you say kendrick is a better rapper like making you feel the emotion that he feels yes yes um, I think because Drake... you know, like, because we talked about Drake as a very vulnerable rapper, but I don't think like the conveyance of that emotion mm. to, like, he doesn't make me feel it. I can think back on moments where I felt it, right? Like with kind of like the heartbreak and different things like that. But like you're saying, I'll let you kind of go on. Like I feel like I learn. I feel like I'm present in a place I've never been. Yeah, Kendrick. I think Kendrick's a lot more of. Um... He's like a director, dude. You know what I mean? He's like showing you a movie of his life experience, whichever pocket that he's in, you know? And I don't know. You're going to be surprised where I have to pimp a butterfly. But I re-ran that album. I re-listened to that album probably like three times in a row. Um, There's so much information. I teared up listening to Mortal Man you know dude my i had not listened to that song like since my first time listening to that album because it's just so long you know i it's insane i lost my breath how i was so in awe right because you can imagine how um emotional that was for kendrick right like he looked up to tupac he said he had a dream that tupac blessed him like you know what it I mean? It is crazy. To, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that I don't believe, but I don't think Kendrick would lie about that. You know what I'm saying? He put it into writing. He put it into song. Like, he put it into, like, one of the best hip-hop albums I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and it's all from a place that I don't understand. And that created a lot of empathy. 
I feel like a I mean, lot of I think comes I, out of I think like a big part of it too is like and like I feel like you were kind of similar in this way like I don't know like I'm like a white suburban kid like you know like appearance and reality right like I'm a suburban kid upper middle class right like you know I haven't really seen like real struggle like what a lot of the, my favorite artists have seen right in their their lives and I'm saying um, yeah you know but I think he he's just able to like he's able to make me like want to learn more about that world um like I was someone who when I was younger I always watched like interviews of rappers and I or like I wanted to learn like what people had done like bad thing you know like oh like shit like you know no jumper interviews when i was in high school right but, like i don't like it now fuck it's gone downhill but like when no jumper was cool you know like i loved those interviews and like learning like what people's circumstances were like like why they were why they were like the way they are mm-hmm. and um just like documentaries on the same stuff and just like shit that i would never find myself in situations like gang wars and different violence and like smuggling drugs and all that, you know, different strung out people and all this kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just kind of like, like learning about those worlds. You know what I mean? Mm. So like Kendrick is just very, he's, he's able to describe a lot of those, not the same things I just mentioned, but like similar things. Right. And in those cultures and, from his upbringing when times when times were dark <coughs> and talking about the transition into when times were good right but not just for himself talking about like the evolution of kind of black people and african-american people as a population right i think it's on a, at the end of i and to pimp a butterfly where he talks about like the root of the word like n-e-g-u-s um actually means black king black emperor right black excellence that's like what they called the king in different countries in Africa, you know, in different tribes. So that's like, that's literally the root of the, where the, the N word comes from. So it's like, I don't know, like stuff like that is just you, when you know, it makes sense why that word is so detrimental then. Right. Like why it's so horrible to use if you're not from that culture. Cause you know, we flipped this beautiful word this beautiful meaning of power, right? And it's something that's crippling. So it's like, and I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't know that if it wasn't for Kendrick Lamar. No. You know? So it's just, I think it's really powerful to listen to with purpose, his music, you know, listen to it with mindfulness and purpose and actually listen to the words and listen to the, like, like you said, it's like a movie. Listen to how the orchestra swells because it fucking means something right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I get that feeling where I'm listening to everything more intently. And I say that also, too, because when we get to our ranking, I think a lot of people are going to be pissed what I have number five. Um, like, what I have last for Kendrick, but, like, last album for Kendrick is still, like, a seminal work and, like, a generational work, you know, generational piece of art. Um, so I just want to, like, make that known. Yeah. But yeah, But, yeah, man, like, it's it's crazy, dude. He's he's a crazy artist, and like we, I know we kind of did some of this recap when we when Mr. Morale came out, like when we talked about our first reactions. But like, are there other projects aside from Tip and Butterfly or Good Kid, Mad City where you feel like like that feeling comes out, or like examples of that that like come to mind, or songs? I don't know. I'm just kind of 
rambling. Oh, where, um, I mean, where do you feel like Kendrick taught you? So like actually taught you something about a culture that you would otherwise not know. Um, no, but it gave me insight on or perspective, like, I guess. It gave me more insight on just how important like religion is in the African American culture, especially Christianity, right? But it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of different cultures have taken over, like taking Christianity into their own hands, right? Like I grew up in a Christian household, and a lot of things that you hear. Like, I can recognize or feel like, oh, it's familiar territory, for example, in, like, Good Kid, Mad City, where it constantly references, like, Jesus, like, sacrifice, believing in God, all these, like, little sprinkles of symbolism. I think that was really cool because I was, like, Good Kid, Mad City, when I heard it, it was more of something that I could relate to, even though there were complete aspects I didn't understand at all regarding, like, Stuff like peer pressure and drugs and, like, gangbanging and, you know, someone getting shot, you know. It's just, like, all of these things that I don't understand, but there is a level of understanding there. And it kind of bridged a gap for me <clears throat> with Kendrick. And I think that's, like, kind of, like, a turning point for me in my timeline with Kendrick. Because I liked Section 80 a lot, but I think Good Kid Mad City, like, made everyone kind of understand a little bit where he was coming from in Compton. No, 100%. It's like, it's a, it's just like a letter. It's a letter from your neighborhood, right? From an ambassador of the neighborhood. Dude, that's a good way to yeah. say it. As an ambassador of the neighborhood, it like, K-Dot really was the ambassador on that album. It, yeah, it's not, like, I feel weird even saying like city. It's not the city. It's like his, it's the neighborhood. Yeah, it's just that's like the feel that I get from it. This the ambient sounds you get when they're like riding around, getting chased sirens, by the cops. It's not a city; it's a neighborhood. Yeah. you know. Yeah. But um. Exactly, because they always reference going back into the city. So it's definitely one hundred and ten percent. This is like your neighborhood block, you know, mm -hmm. and like a couple streets down, all directions. Yeah, super cool. And I think like we we I, we'll kind of leave Mr. Morale just because we've we've kind of done an in-depth um, impressions and reactions review of that album, just yeah. real quick to hit on it. Um, and then I want to talk about Dan a little bit actually. Um, but oh, Mr. I have Morale was one. Yeah, Mr. Say. Morale was one that just real quick like now that obviously it came out a couple months ago and it's you talk i think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about how we were unable to relate, but he made us feel like we could you right. know like of course we're never gonna understand what he's talking about right we're not we're not the same color we don't come from the same place but by god if he isn't gonna try and make us understand exactly. you know we're gonna try and understand you know i think that there's something about that um and just like see see people's different perspectives so like and on mr morale like i i related to it and i understood it you know what i mean those themes like of like not every song, but just like it's okay to not be enough sometimes. It's okay to to give up on some things and prioritize something else. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just a lot of things that I think like men bottle up. Um, I think he was very good at that talking about on Mr. Morale. Um, and it so wasn't it was just, like in know, your face. It wasn't like no. always like in your face. Like okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's actually like. No, no, no. It's like, 
when we talk about these goats, like they present their meal, their dish, whatever they're trying to present to you. I think Kendrick does it enough to where it's not abrasive. His message. Absolutely. You know, because that's why, I mean, everybody can on some level, I'm sure there's something you can find in Kendrick's music you can relate to. That's why I think he's an awesome artist. Definitely. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about Damn a little bit. I think um, we we had that album, I think, like, collectively, I, I think I rated it a little too low. Um, I was very surprised from my, just because, like, a little bit of, like, personal backstory with that album, right? Like, we listened to, that album came out in 2017. I think I was a end of my sophomore or junior year of college, something around that time frame, really, you know, sophomore year, maybe. Uh, but listen to it a lot junior year. It's like a lot of party songs, a lot of like day fade songs, hanging on the sun songs. Like it just played a lot, like in our rooms and, and everything. Like I just listened to it a lot and I didn't really listen to it for a while because it was kind of overplayed, but like just kind of, I, I oversaturated it for myself. And then coming back to it now was just like a very, very awesome experience when you look at how like the duality and how it can be both like, you know, played from both sides. I felt like I had a greater appreciation for, I felt like the intro track blood was a lot better. Like just like the actual like suspense that it makes you feel. I felt a lot more. Uh, and then the closing track, dude, Duckworth is a banger. I forgot how good that song is. Um, and in between, like, I just love how he weaves in. Like there's some of the songs are super poppy, but he doesn't, compromise any of his artistry even songs like loyalty like that played on the radio but it had like these cool horns and synths and stuff that made it unique and he didn't compromise any of like still like it still sounded like a little west coast hip-hop like Mm. he doesn't compromise that sound and i uh fits rihanna into it and it's just dope dude like i don't know and then fear fear and god were two songs that really stuck out to me the actual like lyrics and content of fear are fucking insane. If anyone doesn't remember that song or like kind of does like listen to it with the lyrics pulled up in front of you, it'll give you chills. Like, cause it's like, I don't like horror movies cause I don't like being scared. So like, and he, he's like actually describing like making you feel what fear feels like, you know? Ah, dude, it's weird. It's like creepy crawly, but then like the guitar and stuff is beautiful in the background. I just love that song, bro. Honestly, God is God was sick. Oh, can, dude, can I, I say love something about that fear. Can I say something about mm. fear? Fear yeah, sounds like a bad trip. Yeah, it's terrifying. When I heard fear, uh, again, I I got I sweat. A little bit and i had a little bit of a small like uneasy feeling dude it's because, does like, it make doesn't feel like something's coming up your back not that like someone's dude, crawling on you but like inside no, of you like you're getting I warm i feel up your back. that because dude what he's describing is something that is universal it's universal but you can't explain it you can't right like i will i will never be able to go inside your head or anybody else's head and be like yep that's what fear feels like. It's universal, but I can't articulate what that feels like. And Kendrick genuinely made me feel fear <clears throat> and uncomfortable as fuck. Because I, like, remember situations like that. You know what I mean? 
Like, I remember times where, like, you know, he was talking about, like, in the song, like, getting beat, you know, by his mom, you know what I mean? And it's, like, I've had, like, similar moments, like, not as crazy, but, like, I've definitely had moments where I got beaten by my parents, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, kid shit. And I, like, remember that vividly when he starts talking about it like that. And I'm just, like, there's no other artist that I know at the, on the top of my head that does it so well, you know? Dude, and then right <clears throat> afterward, like, on top of that, like, do that so well, and then right afterward, come back with such an uplifting track in God. God, yeah. It's just, like, it's the exact, like, the production is the exact opposite. Like, I don't Laugh know my notes and stuff, like, but uh... I bet you if we went and someone analyzed it, bro, I bet you, like, is fear all minor chords and God is probably all major? Dude, it's... Is that something there? Like, I don't know. I'm probably, it's... I'm pretty sure, I mean, like, I'm sure we could... Yeah, like, all I know is minor is usually scary sounding and, like, right. off sounding, and major is very happy. Like, right. it feels right, you know? Um, But, dude, oh, yeah, it comes in weird, like, strong. And weird, then... fear is actually in C major, C sharp major. Ooh. Okay, so then let's see what God see, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see. God, Kendrick Lamar... Watch God be in minor. No, it's also fuck with us. Oh, it's it's one semi semitone down, so it's C major. So God is C major, and fear is C sharp major. So it, they drop mm. like one key. That's like very interesting. interesting. I wonder if they have subliminal messages of any of that type of stuff with the keys too. Sometimes artists do. I'm it, dude. I'm sure there is. Damn, damn is one of those albums. Like okay. And I'm going to compare it to Drake real quick. Um, like we talked about how like how calculated some of Drake's albums were, right? And like the structure of them felt very calculated from like a business perspective, right? Yeah. Damn is calculated from a pure artistry perspective. In the same way I view Blonde by Frank Ocean. Like there's little tidbits about Blonde that like you would never know unless you actually like listen to the Dissect podcast and shit like and really dialed in like by like the beat switch and nights being at the exact middle point and stuff like that. Like Damn is like that. Like if you actually like with fear, the parts where it's the voice playing backwards, like if you actually went and listened to that clip and actually played fear backwards. Oh, it's fucking it's crazy. wild. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So like, all of this stuff and the fact that the whole story, the whole concept album makes sense either way because like you obviously know that, right? But like, yeah, that it was supposed to be played from backwards, but have you like looked into the actual story? Like, did you notice it when you were going back through it? Um, I appreciated it so much. A little bit, a little bit. Cause it starts with, it was about his dad. What? No, no, no. It's about him. The last song's technically about, about his, dad, his dad, but it's the it's about him. Like it's about, like, at least the way I understand it. Because like blood is like, so I took a you know it starts. So I took a walk the other day, right? He's just like talking, right? He's like, oh, I saw this woman who looked like she needed some help. So I walked over and I, I asked if she needed some help, right? And she goes, uh, she goes, it looks like you've lost something, ma'am. And she goes, yeah, you have lost something, your life. Bam, gunshot pop, right? So it's just like, what the fuck? Where, and then Duckworth is talking about how 
if Ducky was never nice to Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. Ducky being his dad, Anthony being top dog, then Anthony would have murdered him and robbed the chicken shop and blah, 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 blah. I would have been left to gangbang and I would have died to pop, right? So it's basically saying, like, you can, like, I don't know, it's just sick, bro. Like, you can start it, like, it, which is the start, you know? Right. To me, it's like who came first, the chicken or the egg type of shit. Yeah, it's, it's like, and you can argue about it all day. Because, like, to me, it actually makes more sense being played backwards. backwards. Because you get the premise first. Yeah, well, you get the, yeah, you get the premise and you actually end up with uh, where he would be at in 2017 time. Like, I'm taking a walk right now and I see, you know, like, that's where it's... Exactly, like, yeah. But it's just dope. And, like, <clears> if you play it back <throat> the other way... You know, because you can have it where, oh, I was taking a walk, da 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 da. Oh, I need to, now I need to reflect on all these things and all these things. And now we're talking about like fear and God, right? Like, oh, I had all this fear and now I found God. Or it's, did I have God and I found all this success and now I have fear and this anxiety and all this stuff? Like, I think it's that way if you look at, at what Mr. Morale was five For years sure. later. For sure. So it's just it, it 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 invites so much discussion, which is what I I'm a nerd, man. I love that shit, <laughs> like and debate, and it's just it. I don't know. I'm kind of ready to do the rankings if you are, just because I don't know how much more I can say about all this stuff without just repeating myself. But I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you do your uh, ranking unless you want to let me yeah. start. No, know. no. I'll I'll go right ahead. Um. So I will do it backwards. Sorry, guys. I'm stupid. Uh, I should have started <laughs> backwards anyway. <laughs> uh, so at number six for Kendrick, I have overly dedicated. Not because I don't think it's good work, but I think compared to all of his other projects to come, it's it's the one that I will remember the least. But had a pleasant surprise going through it. At number five, are you ready for this? Section 80. Yeah, dude. Damn. Uh, I dropped it pretty far, actually. I I have a lot of memories to that album. I have a lot of good experiences and positive experiences and just, like, life lessons through that album. It was always playing in my ear. But as we were analyzing, I came to come to appreciate Kendrick growing as an artist. That's one thing that we've talked about on our podcast, right? Is being able to see the growth of an artist and, like, not be, like, mad that he's not making the same type of shit. You know? Mm-hmm. Going into that, I've come to realize that, overall, I think Section 8, like, was a great album, but it doesn't compare to the other ones. And then, number four, I got Damn. I know that might be a, a little low for you, I'm sure, with how you were just talking about it. Um, but maybe for me, the biggest thing with Damn that I didn't really enjoy was <clears throat> I felt at times it was it was kind of sporadic. It was like a sporadic album for me because you would go from like, DNA, yeah, element, <clears throat> feel, where you have all these types of like hard beat switches and all of these things. And I didn't really enjoy Kendrick's voice as much 
on some of those tracks that I did those other albums, and that's where I just kind of put Damn there. But I think in, from a creative standpoint, I think Damn is probably his most or second most creative album. That and Morale, Big Steppers. I think those are the two most creative albums, you know? Uh, then we got number three with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I think one thing that I have too is like this is kind of like a recency bias slightly I feel listening to it it's still kind of fresh and new I want to see where it will grow with me but for now I have it on three I think it's a really enjoyable listen at number two I got to pimp a butterfly um that project for me probably grew the most in ranking and I think it was a lot because I didn't understand or how feel like I could relate to the music, but I listened to the project over three times in a row. It really immersed me into something that was really vulnerable for Kendrick, and I think that was like an amazing thing. And I think that was like, it was just amazing, you know? And then the last one's Good Kid, Mad City, who made a... Uh, I really didn't think a Kid Mad City was going to be number one for me, but holy fuck. That album is so fucking good. Um, <laughs> you can put that album on and, like, you just want to go work out, you know, or you want to just go out and be out. I, I like that album a lot. There's too much energy on it not to be doing something, you know? Yeah. Our lists could not be more different. Oh, <laughs> Okay. I just want everyone to know that we had the same ranking. Um, two months ago, we recorded a podcast talking about our first reactions to the Mr. Morale album. And I believe our ranking was section uh, communally together. Yep. We had the same one. It was section 80 number one. It was Mr. Morale number two. It was to pimp a butterfly. No, it was good kid. Matt, Matt City, City number three to pimp a butterfly. Number yeah. four and damn number five. We didn't include overly dedicated. I didn't include overly dedicated on this one either, but it would be last. Huh. Um, again, not a knock. It's just his first, uh, real project. But, um, at number five, I had good kid, mad city. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude, Wait, they, that, what? that's why I prefaced it earlier. I said, even when I say this is my last ranked Kendrick album, it's still an incredible album. Bro. But. Bro, bro. Hey, let me, hey, hey, hey. Uh, I didn't give you any shit for your list. <laughs> no, but keep going, keep the, going. let me say the reason why. The reason why I have the list the way I do is it's ranked like number one is like this is like if I'm going to listen to Kendrick Lamar, this is the album I'm going to play. And that's how I ranked them. If I'm just going to listen to Kendrick Lamar, this is the album I'm going to play. Based on my last week, you know, listening. Okay. Okay, I feel a little better. And Good Kid, Mad City is an incredible album, but it is so fucking intense, and it's rarely what I want to listen to if I'm not drunk or partying or just feeling like hyphy, driving around, right, or whatever. So it's just rarely something that like I'm gonna like just sit down and and enjoy. Um, so I think it's an incredible album. I think 
some of his best songs come off of it. Um, Compton was actually a song that I really, really loved. Compton, um, Compton. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> um, quite like mine. All right. So, so going to number four. So number four, I had Damn. I moved it up one. Like all that okay, talk. We, I just, we both I, had it damn. was only moving it up one. We both have Damn at the same place. Yeah. Okay. So I had Damn number four. Uh, I believe we have Mr. Morale at the same place at number three. three. Number two, I have To Pimp a Butterfly. Okay. And number one, it will always be my number one Kendrick album Section is Section 80. I'm not compromising it. Even when I listen to it again, dude, even when I listen to it again, I think I had the most fun listening to Section 80, oh, even this last week. Okay, I, I had the most fun listening to Section 80. And if I'm going to listen to Kendrick yeah. Lamar, that's the album I want to listen to, even now. The, with everything he's put out, like, it just, you know, blanket situation, you tell me, hey, put on a Kendrick Lamar album, that's probably the one I'm putting on. Um, But, yeah, that's it. Let's talk... Uh, Overall, man, Kendrick versus Drake. I think the listeners, if you made it to this 80-minute uh, mark, you probably know where we're leaning. Um, but let's recap kind of our categories here. You know, mm-hmm, dominance mm-hmm. of an era. I think Drake probably wins, wins that. that. Just because of the some commercial success, the album sales. And the collaborative um, work that gave yeah. him the avenue to do it. Kendrick is very specific with who he collaborates with, so yeah. it doesn't no, work in I his favor. I completely agree. Project relevance, I'm gonna have to give to Kendrick. Do you agree? Yeah. Or do you think there's an argument for Drake? Well, the argument for Drake is his first like four fucking albums are pretty fucking good. And that Yeah, but see the, the but the argument against that is the hit rate sucks. Yeah, the hit rate sucks. Across the whole career. Okay, but like are you gonna knock somebody for shooting more? Like Kobe shot more. We're not going to like. Yeah, because Kendrick's career is just as long and he's 100%. Oh, that's true. So but I am like, going to knock him. Uh, I'm not going to knock him for taking more shots, but yeah, I'll give it to Kendrick. Especially here. because, especially because, okay, here, and let me say this. He, 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 can, uh, I saw a fun fact about Drake. Um, two times in a row has he set this record. So he broke his own record recently. Um, he has, I think he's the fifth artist to have more than 10 albums go number one on Billboard. Crazy record, right? It's like the Beatles and Barbra Streisand, like Jay-Z people. You know, it's crazy artists. Um, but uh, he's also the only artist. He has the, uh, he has the two songs that have had the biggest fall from the charts in the weeks. So he's had, I think it was uh, Tex Go Green is the biggest fall on the Billboard charts week over week in music history. It went from like number, I think it was twelve or thirteen, to ninety-four, in in seven days. So I just like, even his songs that are hits and like his albums that are like hits, they're only. I think you said it best, even when we started this. He makes music that is like a very emblematic of the moment, especially mm-hmm. nowadays. Once you leave that moment, it, it's to gone. Me it's gone, dude. It's gone. So the that and that's what relevance means. So I, he does not have it to me. Okay. The first few, yes. The first few, yes. But for a, now we can say for a majority of his career, he hasn't had it. 
Yeah, I know. It's kind of it's yeah, it's such a strong start, Drake. Yeah, it's such a fucking yeah. strong start, dude. If you had like maybe two or three more hits, like album wise, where we could remember, dude, you would be in the conversation. But right, looking because at it's it, like here, he, here's how I would view it: is it's like you can say, "Oh, Drake owned 2015." You know, he had this and this. Like he had, if you're reading this, is too late, and he had the collab album with Future, and all oh, that he owned 2015. You know. Yes, I would not argue that one bit. He owned it. But do those albums like get any play on the radio or like do they how much do they persist in like the culture now? Like the one with Future, I say a lot. You know, I think that's persisted the test that, of time. That, that's that, got that's relevance. That's my favorite Drake project of all time. <laughs> when it's time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but I think, like, when you look at Kendrick, you can be like, no, nah, Kendrick maybe didn't own, uh, maybe he owned 2017, dude. Dan was pretty big. Um, yeah, dude. But, remember uh, the summer? Yeah, bro. the summer. I went and saw him in concert, too, and shit. Like, it was big. Bro, you could and not go anywhere, too. anywhere without hearing Kendrick on the radio. It's exactly, fucking crazy. Exactly, dude. It's crazy. Um, so, it's like, and even now, I feel like, like any, just like the, with the way we talk about Kendrick's albums, They've may have maintained relevance. Like the way we're like, oh wow, yeah, to pimp a butterfly. It's just, oh, it's just such an incredible. Like that's how people talk about it. You know. I know. I think the thing about it's very maintained like that. What it what it tried to achieve at the time of its release is still being achieved today when people listen to it. Yeah. Which I don't think Drake's music yeah. can be. Most of it can be said. Right. Like we hold every single Kendrick project in pretty high regard. Um. With Drake, definitely more than half of his catalog is something that, like, if you told me, if you genuinely said, like, uh, you know, you're going to go to bed tomorrow and you're not going to remember half of Drake's catalog. You'll never be able to listen to it again past 2016. I could genuinely... Like, which half? Which <laughs> half? I'd be like, which half? <laughs> like, I'd be like, serious. I'd be like, which half? Because, like, you can really kind of fall asleep to it. Um, at points which really hurts now but if you go into it thinking about it um, from a comedic standpoint I think Drake is so entertaining now to listen to uh, and you guys should try to pick that up for all you Drake fans that don't like Drake anymore <laughs> dude I, I was saying Alexa earlier this week that I was like I was kind of comparing Drake to Burger King he's like the Burger King of hip hop <laughs> why Burger King you could just say the fast food of hip hop let me know. Let me get there. Let me get there. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's cause like Burger King, right? Like it's super popular. It's not quite McDonald's, right? Like McDonald's is too big. You know, McDonald's is like, it's, that's like Michael Jackson or something. It's like, it's gotta be like, like someone literally everyone knows like, cause not everyone knows about Drake. Even still, there's some old people who don't know who Drake is, but like everyone knows like the Beatles or some shit. So that's McDonald's. Right. But like Burger King, you know, it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. You can't go anywhere and not see a Burger King. Right? They've got something for everyone. You know? A lot of people like it, like their old stuff. You know, the classics. You know, they, that's really all they stick to. But they're always kind of coming up with new stuff. And they actually come up with, like, really weird stuff. You know, like chicken fries. And then they actually, like, go above and beyond. They Like, Drake was like, yeah, you know... The UK drill, the dance hall, the Jamaican stuff, it isn't enough. Like, just like a Burger King, we have all this stuff. We'll make a vegan option. We'll have the Impossible Whopper. Drake was like, I'll have a house album. <laughs> I don't have one yet. 
I don't have this option for people, so I'll make it. <laughs> so Drake, Drake is the Burger King of music. Honestly, never mind is the impossible whopper of music, and no one can tell me otherwise. Bro, that was the... You have to clip that. I'm fucking dying. Wow. <laughs> what an analogy. What, like, a life fucking story for Drake's career. And we talk about Kendrick like it's fucking Michelin star dining. So I think we kind of It know. is Michelin star dining. It's You I can only afford it every once in a while, bro. I think we can truly kind of sum it up here. I think... We're both uh, hands for Kendrick here. Um, Victory. The W goes to Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong. I think Drake, Drake, Drake had his run, dude. Um, but one thing that you did bring up that was kind of important to like really think about is Drake is 36. Right? We like to compare Drake to basketball a lot <clears throat> just because of his stardom and so, does, so does Drake. And, and Drake, obviously. <laughs> as you guys have seen, if you see any highlights on any basketball Twitter, you see him out there in his own league. You know, can, can I just say the hi- the highlight? <laughs> I think for me, like the like just from a comedic standpoint, the highlight of Drake's career was him postponing his album because he tore his ACL. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ridiculous. bro, you don't got to stand up to make music. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> Bro, whatever the case, like, Drake Drake got me, like, reminiscing a lot. There was a lot of moments, a lot of memories that flooded through. I'd say more nostalgic memories came from Drake's stuff, but I think... Definitely. Acknowledgement and putting people in high regard, it was Kendrick, of just how we thought the shit that he dropped was hot then. It's still fucking hot now, and uh, you can't argue that. For sure, man. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this episode because we're getting to our uh, hour and thirty minute mark, where I think it's gonna make us uh, put this in two parts. Oh, so, geez. I'm gonna I'm gonna close this off here. This has been a, a super fun episode, a good time. The one I think I look looked forward to the most to talking with you, uh, Andy, and uh, more to come. Next week we will have ASAP Rocky versus Travis Scott, and that is what we will be listening to in our headphones <laughs> for the next seven days. cheers everyone thank you for listening this has been 808s and fast breaks with the playing it by ear series cheers and have a good one peace